from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. The Drive with Tim Donnelly here on 99.9 The Fan. 5 o'clock on a Friday. Congrats, you've made it to the weekend. Assuming you work a traditional Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. And you haven't gotten a jump start on the weekend, which is always always a good time. Uh, let's get to number 5. Louisville, NC State, tonight, Carter-Finley Stadium, blackout jerseys, Brennan Armstrong, Sam Hartman. Actually, this is a a kind of a a unique situation in that I don't think we've ever seen two starting quarterbacks, sixth years, playing their sixth year at a different place than they played their first five years, and... I'm not I believe they're both the all-time leading passer at their previous school. So these are two ACC schools all-time leading passers playing against each other in their 6 years of college football for different schools. Yeah, Plummer, the quarterback for Louisville, is coming off a 2022 season, which he wrapped up more than 3,000 passing yards. Oh, you're right, you're right. I'm I'm, I'm mixing it up. I was putting Hartman and Armstrong against each other. We already did that. I I didn't even hear that. Uh, No, you're right. Plummer is not obviously the the all-time leading passer, but for Cal, he was good last year. Yeah. And all right, let's actually – let's back this up. Um, Going off script, the Plummer-Brom connection is interesting. Brom, the coach at Louisville, Plummer, the quarterback at Louisville, uh, they spent a bunch of time together at Purdue. And then Plummer actually transferred out of Purdue and went to Cal. So he left Brom. Then Brom goes to Louisville, and he brings Plummer back, which you don't see that often. Normally, once you transfer away from a coach, that's kind of it. <laughs> that's, yeah. Like, it's hard to repair that relationship. Uh, so that's happening there. And then, of course, you have uh, – Similarly, Robert and I, the offensive coordinator at UVA during the best years of Brennan Armstrong's career, leaves NC State as part of a coaching whole transition, Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, they reunite. So we got a little bit of reuniting happening uh, for the, the the quarterbacks and coaches in this one. Um, but Louisville at State, I talked about it earlier. This is a, a lot of pressure to put on a freshman. I think maybe the most important person for the NC State offense moving forward, outside obviously of, of Armstrong, just because of the position he plays, Casey Concepcion, the freshman, the wide receiver. If he can create big plays and he has dynamic ability, two touchdowns last week, he's been somebody that kind of pops when you rewatch the game on film. If he can put up some big plays, if he can put up some big numbers, that goes a long way towards making NC State. A, a more likely competitor at the top of the ACC. If he can do that consistently, I think it's going to be tough for them to overcome some of their, their deficiencies that they've shown. So, hey, go get it, Casey. Concepcion. And by the way, it's going to be a really fun atmosphere for you. This game is going to be really fun. So take it in a little bit and then get focused. At a game like this, you always seem to have a breakout performance on either side of the ball. Dave Dorn, when speaking to the media on Wednesday, said that he's hoping that it's on his team. I mean, just think everybody keeps referring how this game feels like 2017, right? Mm. Who had the breakout performance in that game? On the defensive side, number nine, Riley Chubb. Which Who's to say Casey Concepcion can't be this year's breakout performer? It's worked out for Chubb. Um, there's also, you know, 
this rival, I mean, Lamar Jackson, I, broken out would, would have already been the term. But, uh, yeah, Chubb is – Chubb, watch Miami. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of unfair because you watch Miami, you just want to watch the offense. The Dolphins I'm talking about. Chubb's over there doing his thing uh, as well. Um, let's go to number four. We are the four horsemen. Woo! Former North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell is <laughs> – he is dealing with the personification of this phrase. Life comes at you fast in the NFL. There's a um, – are you familiar uh, with Aaron Sorkin? No. Okay, he is a screenwriter. He wrote, he wrote uh, Social Network. He wrote A Few Good Men. He wrote Moneyball. Okay, okay. Uh, he, uh, West Wing, the TV show. Familiar with the movie is not the name of the okay. writer. Um, one of his little tics I'm, – I'm like a screenwriting nerd uh, – one of his little like uh, uh, calling cards is when somebody gets like beaten badly. Like let's say in court, you get beaten badly, or in uh, whatever industry you're in, you get beaten badly by your competition. They look at you and say, "That's life in the NBA," or "That's life in the NFL," or "That's life." And he and he's done it in a bunch of his different movies and. TV shows, it's like a it's like a little Easter egg. Sam Howell, that's life in the NFL. Four interceptions, 37 to 3 or whatever it ended up being against Buffalo. You were everyone's kind of excitement in Washington. New owner, they hadn't lost yet. You were 3 and 0 as a starter. You beat Dallas last year at the end of the season. You started 2 and 0 this year, orchestrated a little bit of a comeback. Everybody was excited for you. Boom. Four interceptions, 37 to three, loss. That's life in the NFL. But here's the thing you got to fix what went wrong. And the NFL doesn't slow down for anybody either. It's not, oh, did you get punched in the face? Okay, go take three weeks off. No, you look like you need a vacation. <laughs> Right? How often do we see coaches, quarterbacks, players at media press conferences looking like they need a vacation and uh, they're right back at the next week at the same podium looking even more tired, even more exhausted, even more like they don't have any answers? I feel like we watched that with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland the most. That guy went from like, I'm feeling dangerous, to by the end he's wearing like a trench coat with a mustache, yeah. his hair's disheveled, and he's just like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I was doing. I was living dangerous. I was in commercials. Cleveland got the best of them. Now what happened? Like you just, it, 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 there's no slowing down, right? So you just gotta fix it. And I've read a lot about the the stats. I've watched a lot of Sam Howell over the past few days. Uh, sacks are an interesting stat in that some of them, it's the offensive lineman's fault, right? Some of them, you see a guard, uh, you know, or I'll use a tackle because it's easier to, to comprehend. You see a tackle matched up with a defensive end. And in the quarterback's mind, that guy is blocked. So he, he you know, writes it off, and he's looking downfield, and he's not paying attention there. And then the, the tackle just gets beat, right? A Bradley Chubb gets the best of them. A Miles Garrett, a Watt of some kind, a Bosa of some kind gets the best of them. That then it takes you know a second and a half for that player to get to the quarterback. That's not the quarterback's fault. However, there's also other sacks where there's an open wide receiver 
you miss him so you're in the pocket and you're holding it and your line is blocking well but you're holding it and now you're stepping up and now you're trying to shuffle and then you get sacked sam howell has a lot of those variety of sacks he's been sacked 19 times through three games 19 times through three games that's absurd six and a third times a game even if you said the offensive line was responsible for 2.4 sacks a game you're still four sacks essentially all on you so so the thing he needs to work on is quickness and uh, uh, the other thing that as a, as a true quarterback nerd it's a very, very modern NFL quarterback problem. Modern quarterback problem, which is, like when I was in third grade, I was playing tackle football. When you're in third grade now, you're playing flag football, which is a bunch safer, and there's really no reason for you to be out there, you know, with a helmet as a weapon, slinging it at other eight-year-olds. But, uh, but what it does teach you, like you learn to get rid of the ball when you can get hit when you don't. When, when you are – there's just a coach behind you with a whistle going, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three, who whistle. You don't learn as much. You don't have that ingrained. And we'll learn, about, we'll learn a lot about this commander's team as they sit right now at 2-1 overall just in the month of October. They have an interesting schedule. The Eagles this Sunday, then the Bears on the prime game this Thursday night. The Falcons – Goodness gracious, what a great prime – and, and- – <laughs> The Monday night game this week is something special, too. Then the Falcons on the road. And, honestly, the Falcons, Arthur Smith's putting together a pretty good squad right now. I mean, they look like they are the, they're the top team in the NFC South right now. They're that's, about, not, that's not as impressive I mean, as it might be yeah, for other yeah. divisions. But then yeah. the Giants and then the Eagles, the Eagles again. So, just in the month of October, we'll see if Sam Howell can adapt or we'll see if Sam Howell and this whole commander's team perishes the rest of the NFL season. Get rid of the ball. You have quick winners. I like Jahan Dotson. I like Terry McLaurin. You have uh, Logan Thomas is going to be back and playing this week, it looks like. You have quick winners. Get him the ball. Let's get to number three. One, two, three. North Carolina football. All this excitement going on in triangle football, uh, right? Your your two rivals, uh, NC State playing tonight, nationally televised. Uh, ESPN, Bill Cowers being honored, so he'll be in the building. It's a blackout. It's going to be a whole thing. Duke, game day. Ken Jeong's going to be there. The whole, you know, pomp and circumstance that comes with game day. It's a top 20 matchup between Duke and Notre Dame. It's going to be so much fun. Everybody's going to be there. North Carolina, Make sure you get training room, get off your feet, stay rested. Don't get on a boat. Uh, don't don't go. Don't uh, go Giants don't, boat. I don't want to hear anything about anybody. Right? This is where the coach gives the big fish small pond speech. Everybody's looking for uh, you because you're on this team. What you need to do is lay low. And what you need to do is uh, recognize North Carolina football needs to recognize that all of their hopes and dreams are still within within their grasp, right? You can't be better as a team than undefeated. Now, you can play better than they've played at times, right? You'd like to see not as many close games, but your rec- you, know, uh, you are what your record says you are, right? You're undefeated. So take this bye week to iron out the details 
iron out the the, the wrinkles and get to the next step. Because your season's going to get more difficult also as you get deeper and deeper into the, the ACC schedule. The good news for North Carolina, though, is that when they do return, they have Syracuse at home, and depending on what happens tomorrow for the Orange. Syracuse is not a bad team. They're not a bad team. I, I've been, I, I need to go back. We did this earlier this week. We ate our humble pie. I, I just offhand use Syracuse and Boston College as like the examples of lower-tier ACC programs. Syracuse has something cooking up there. I'm not saying they're going to beat Clemson this week. I'm not saying they're going to beat North Carolina the week after. But uh, but they've got something cooking. They're not as, as much of a joke as I made them out to be. Oh, no. When I was talking about how North Carolina gets to return back against Syracuse, I didn't mean it as they get to play Syracuse. They got to play Syracuse on the ACC network. And for anybody uh -huh. who was watching the pit game, saw all the technical difficulties I saw, and then the <laughs> leaf blowers on the field. But, I mean, they have three games coming up at home. Syracuse to kick it off then. Welcoming the Miami Hurricanes, who's a really good team in the ACC right now. And Van then Dyke. the oldest rivalry in the South, Virginia, to finish it off. So, I mean, North Carolina, again, controls their own destiny. If they can go 3-0 and in those three home games, they are sitting pretty as they go on the road to face Georgia Tech. But then again, that could be their own demise going <laughs> to Georgia Tech. Trap game. Um Going back to, to to the bye week, though, and, and that's a, a, a great way to kind of lay out what, what's on the other side. This bye week, I think, can give them a real opportunity to figure out everyone's role on the offense. Tez Walker, all offseason, he thought he would probably be the, the, for lack of a better term, alpha in the wide receiver room. You've had to fill those those gaps on the fly. Right, you've been you've been fixing the engine while the car is driving 80 miles an hour down the freeway. Now you finally get to pull it into an auto body shop, throw it up on, uh, you know, the risers and get underneath there and see what's happening. I, I would love to see a more consistent top producer in the passing game. Um, we've seen McCollum, we've seen Jones, we've seen Pesor, we've seen all these guys kind of pass the baton around, which is lovely. Don't get me wrong, depth is better than not having depth. But I also think the the in modern football, it's becoming more and more imperative to know who your number one is. Um, and if that was going to be Tez Walker, use the bye week to figure out who it's going to be now. You have that that opportunity. Can I give you a bold prediction? I love a bold prediction. Can I decide if it's bold or not? Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll reverse we'll reverse roles. Duke beats Notre Dame tomorrow. It creates a bunch of momentum for the rest of the season. North Carolina Duke November 11th. Both teams undefeated. College game day. Duke versus North Carolina rivalry game football edition i'm i'm uh that is bold enough ding 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 uh and i from your lips to the football god's ears i think uh football in the triangle would be we'd be very excited for that and by the way that that's other sound you heard was all of the state fans driving in or sitting in the t the, the tailgating lots getting ready for the state louisville game throwing up in their mouths just a little bit just a little bit or lowering their radios just a little bit just a little bit uh, let's get to number two. Just the two of us. Number 11, Notre Dame at number 17, Duke. Our guy Graham just alluded to it. It's a big game. He just, you called the upset. You, you called Duke over Notre Dame. I called my shot. I'm calling this one Riley Leonard's close-up moment. This is the one where, like, if, <laughs> I don't know if he wants to, but, uh, you win this one, you have one or two plays that are the Riley Leonard plays, right? We've seen a few of them this year already. The ones where he gets hit, bounces off, either you know keeps his eyes downfield, completes the pass, or tucks it and outruns for 50-yard touchdown. If you win and you have a couple of those and you want to be in like, a, you know, 
Dr. Pepper Fanville <laughs> commercials, like all of a sudden those opportunities are there. Uh, maybe not that specific one, but you start becoming more of the celebrity quarterback, the BMOC, right? Big man on campus. Uh, right now, Riley Leonard is is very much respected in the football worlds, right? You're starting to see more and more of the draft Nick gurus, the the draft analysts pu- putting him higher and higher on their potential draft big boards, but he hasn't quite crossed over to the casual fan superstar yet. You play well against Notre Dame as and framed as the scrappy upstart. You framed as Duke football, right? Up against this behemoth that is Notre Dame football. You play well, you win the game. That's what can kickstart kind of the casual fan crossover. Um, by the way, and, and I've I've had this conversation with uh, a few people around. From an outsider's perspective, right? So it's not even really good for us to do here in the triangle. But from like a, another state, let's uh, give me a state that's not North Carolina or South Carolina. Wyoming. Wyoming. Perfect. What, what do we call people from Wyoming? Wyomingers? We'll call Wyomingers. We'll call them Wyoms. Uh, hopefully that's not some kind of... Yeah, what if we just... Whoops. Uh, a person from... A resident of Wyoming. Uh, I would imagine that stereotypically, Duke football comes across almost exactly the opposite of Duke basketball. Oh, yeah. Like the Duke basketball cliche of like a front runner. Uh, you must be a Yankee, a Laker fan too. Uh, like like that cliche, if you say, like, I'm a Duke fan, and people are like, oh, are you a Laker fan? You go, no, 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 Duke football? Then they're like, oh, I like you. Like, you're you're cool. Come on, let's get a drink. Well, just watching the Pat McAfee show today that was live inside Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham, they had the live chat going where just fans were tuning in. You saw a lot of people saying, is Duke football even this good? For Why is college game day here? Oh, I didn't realize it was Duke versus North Carolina mm-hmm. this early. Basketball season must have. You know, basketball season must be here already. But then you also had some other guys that were taking notice for the wrong reason, saying, hey, how much do you think this school is going to pay Mike Elko to come here next year? So, I mean, it's it's kind of 50-50 either way. Well, actually, let you know what? Let, let's make a pivot here, and let's make that conversation uh, number 2B, okay? So we're still in the starting five. Number 2B. Just the two of us. Mike Elko, Brett McMurphy reports is one of the interests for the Michigan State job. Uh, I've seen Adam Rittenberg. I've seen Pete Thamel. These are all college football reporters putting Mike Elko as one of the favorites. Not saying he's thinking this way because he, Coach Elko, has only told us in the media that he loves it here. Family loves it here. He loves what he's building at Duke. And, And at times he's even been frustrated. Like, how many times do I have to say it? If his agent were looking for negotiating leverage to make that offer from Michigan State go from a whole ton of money to a whole boatload of tons of monies. Uh, play well against Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, play well against Notre Dame. And if you really want to put on your doomsday hats, if you're a Duke fan uh, or if you're a State fan and you're you're looking to, to twist the knife on your Duke fan friends, um, or same for Carolina, um, what happened when Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma and went to USC? He got a boatload of money, and then he turned around and said, hey, Caleb Williams, why don't you come with me? If Mike Elko does decide there's a godfather offer out there that he can't turn down for a whole boatload of money, he'd be foolish not to turn around and say, hey, Riley, why don't you come with me? Whispers. That's just – 
That's inferring. No insider information at all. I don't think neither has inferred anything. Whispers. Riley Leonard has one more year of eligibility. He does. Again. Now we're just we're just spitballing. I'll take my conspiracy theory hat off now and go to number one. The one for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Vikings at Panthers. Bryce Young and the offense needs to take advantage of what I call a gettable defense. Coaches will never tell you. Coordinators will never tell the players. But they know which defenses they're going in against saying like, hey, I hope we can get to 20. They know which defenses they're going up against saying, hey, if things break our way, if we get things rolling, we can put up a crooked number. right? We, we can put up a whole bunch of points. I believe this Minnesota Vikings team is gettable. I believe they can go get a crooked number. Right? I believe if if Bryce Young is looking for a get back game, there's not a true get back game in in college or in the NFL. Okay? I thought maybe Arizona was going to be a get back game this year. Like if you had Arizona at the right point in your schedule, you could put up 40 just to make yourself feel good. Um you get that in college occasionally. A lot of times you see Alabama before they play Auburn in the Iron Bowl the previous week, they play like uh, you know, southwestern, northern Central Arkansas state of Indiana um, just as a get-back game as to, to like, you know, make sure everybody's healthy and tuned up for the Auburn game. You don't get that in the NFL. There are none. Everybody's a professional. But there are games that if you need a confidence boost, you'd rather be playing this defense than that defense. Minnesota is not reputationally – like their reputation is not as a terrible defensive team – However, they've given up some points. They've given up some big numbers this year. So Bryce Young needs to put up something, right? This is a good time to get your first 300-yard game. This is a good time to look around and say, hey, Anthony Richardson looks like he's going to play again. C.J. Stroud was the rookie of the the month for the first month of the season. I'm going to be the best rookie quarterback on the field this weekend. Context matters against a defense that might not be as good as others I faced. And let's be honest, as much as the Panthers' offense has wanted to establish the run game, it's just not been there. They rank 15th through three games in the NFL, Yep, so but yet they've carried the ball 65 times with 298 yards and just one touchdown. So it it might be time to just start airing it out, sort of what we saw last week when Andy Dalton was starting at quarterback against the Seahawks. Miles Sanders popping up on some injury reports this week also. Yeah, no, uh, the so, groin got re- re-triggered. So, uh, Hubbard might be the guy. I actually like Hubbard between the tackles. I, I don't think he's a bad running back at all. I wouldn't change the the uh, game plan much. But you're right. If, if the running game wasn't working super effectively and then you take away Miles Sanders, who's your highest-paid running back, probably not boding well. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.